you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members and is open to active duty military. The DOD veterans and their family members receive a lifetime of membership benefits like our credit card APR average has 4% lower than the industry's members only exclusive rates and more. Visit NavyFederal.org slash around for more info. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app today. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. The Around the NFL Podcast. Look like Lego people next to Nick Shook. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with a hero, Mark Sessler. What's up, boy? I mean... Everyone else is still, you know, drifting in the afterglow. How nice. Of Super Bowl 53. Where's Greg? Not here. My dog, Mark, with a C. Where's Wes? All right. Yeah. Greg's on vacation, so I guess we give him a pass. Okay. But it's like he couldn't wait to get off the grid. You know, you read into that as you will. Um, And I, I tweeted as a joke yesterday that Greg was involved with the Patriots parade brawl which is really funny to think about. Uh, he was not New England, I don't believe. But Wes is supposed to be here right now. He knew the time. 9.30 a.m. Pacific start for today's show. Just blowing us off. He is in Los Angeles. It's not that there's no, you know, no emergency has occurred. Erica, did you get any type of phone call or any heads up on this? I haven't heard from him. I mean, you... Did he make it back from Tybee? And all... That's, that's what I'm wondering now. I believe he did. A raging pro. I don't know what else, what else to... I mean, how many times with? have we heard over the past two years, we never start on time. That's our record, that we never started on time before. Well, where's Wes? We're here. I just heard a knock at the door. It looks like he forgot his ID, too. <laughs> what a disaster. I mean, we never show, started on time. You'd like to think we'd kick off this offseason at full strength. Respect the show. Respect the audience. Be a pro. And ultimately, respect yourself. You know, oh, and here he comes. Chris Wessling of the Around the NFL podcast coming into the studio. <laughs> Waltzing in with his little silver. Look at that nice little silver drink tin. What do you even call that? He's getting his stuff together. This is the, uh, oh, here he is putting the headset on. It's a common implement, Mark, known as a mug. Well, 
It's nice and shiny. A thermos mug. For a nice and shiny person. I'm what? glad you guys started without me, so now I can have this in my repertoire for the 99% of the times we never start this podcast on time. Well, you know, that we were here this time. Uh, Starting 2019, you know, with a new flavor. Do uh, you want to drop it? Because we got tradition and you're here. Hey, Dan. There it is. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. And, um, you know, it's the Thursday after the Super Bowl. Uh, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass still in the afterglow of a um another patriots title uh i you know given a little distance it feels i still it feels weird to me that that's how this season played out that's how this season specifically ended it doesn't like make sense like how there was so much excitement this year so many new things happening you know whether it was patrick mahomes turning the league on its ear uh, Saquad's going nuts. Uh, Baker Mayfield returning the Browns to respectability, scoring out of control, a double 50 burger game. And then it was almost like there was like some type of power outage and they had to like flip the breakers and go into safe restart, like default mode. And that led to another Patriots Super Bowl run, which was the opposite of everything else that was new and exciting. I hear what you're saying, but something, you know, it would be new also if Bill Belichick weren't the best coach in football given enough time to prepare for someone who's never been there, against someone who's never been there. The two bye weeks, Wes, that I feel like w- they they came close, the rest of the AFC, to taking the Pats out of the bye week, um, entering the playoffs. But given the genius of Belichick, and that's undeniable, the fact that he gets the bye week going into the divisional playoffs and then the bye week going into the Super Bowl, when you have such an advantage, that mad scientist, that is a big part of it, isn't it? I think that's that's his whole MO. Like, if I can get to the AFC Championship game, then I know between my ability to game plan, out-game plan the opposing coaches, and Brady's ability in the fourth quarter, we've got, like, a certain percentage, percentage advantage every game over the opposition. How about this theory, Mark? The first two acts of the NFL season. Let's look at the, the season like a movie. The first two acts were kind of, a, you know, heart-stopping, kind of exhilarating. You didn't know it was going to happen. And then the third act, everybody, you know, the, the turtle put his head in the shell. It was like the quiet place of NFL seasons. I know. I know. Shut up. I know you didn't, you didn't like how the, the quiet place ended after a really great start. How about that? Uh, yeah, analogy. I mean, that, that, and again, that's under the umbrella that we don't like the way it ended, and I'm with you on that in, so, in some ways. Like, but I, I will say one thing. The one thing that felt new to me about the Super Bowl was that I expected it to be a continuation of what we'd seen, where these Super Bowls, like especially the Eagles-Patriots one last year, got, just got totally out of hand with offense, and you could imagine it happening again, and we got a totally unexpected result. Who, who, find me one so-called expert, first of all, find me one about anything, but any, one football expert that predicted three points for the Rams. In that sense, it was new. I, the Patriots' exhaustion with you, though, is a legit, real thing. It's in not just me. It's I not feel like just I'm an audience all. conduit in a lot of ways. It's, absolutely. It's and the not, way, the way that game, the way the game ended, the 13-3, the one thing we used to say all the time is like, at least I know you have Patriots' exhaustion, Dan, but you're going to get a great game. Well, I didn't get that either this time, so no. please, no more. It's a sport that's notoriously hard to predict, and I think this year was harder to predict than ever. And that was the fallout from the rules changing over the course of the season. 
the roles on what you could do to a quarterback were different in September and early October than they were late in the season. And I think that combined with defenses catching on to all of the pre-snap motions and gadgets that the coaches were doing, maybe they gradually caught up over the course of the season. Wes, you were in Tybee. If we were, you did not get to your 100 drink over under over at the Super Bowl, but if we were to tack on Tybee, are you over 100? Mm, good question. I hadn't counted, but I think it's awfully close. I would put myself as slightly <laughs> under for like the 12-day venture. I have to say I'm a little disappointed we don't get the West Croak. When the, when the voice goes a little bit, that's when you know Wes had an incredible 24 to 48 hours. Well, I approached this trip differently. It, you know, in previous trips, it's always like, oh, Wes is coming into town. Everybody, yeah. you know, have a Mobilize. Bash. Yeah, this was more like only tell a few people. I wanted to live like I used to live when I lived there, where you're ac- an actual islander instead mm. of like a semi-celebrity coming in to drink mm. with everyone. Well, like so, you're calling yourself a semi-celebrity? Well, for the island. Yeah. You know. It's still a, it would be a big thing to be a celebrity on an American island. Not like bad. there's no island that I would roll into as a celebrity. So that is an achievement, Wes. Do you take oh, a lot of photos when you're there? I did. Took a lot of photos, hung out in the Huckapoo's kitchen. Where Sign all, any autographs? No autographs. All the good conversation, you know, all these stories where you just like do a triple take and then gradually pull your seat closer to be like, let me hear the rest of this nonsense. What about where you like people ask you to sign body parts? Any, about any of that late in the night? I've never in my life been asked to sign a body part. You never signed a booby? No. Things get wild over there in Tybee. <laughs> um, all right. That's great. And we'll be at Tybee in, in a few months. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Do I, I have to bleep booby? I don't know. It's I'm a body. You it's a type of bird. <laughs> it's a physical body part. I think it's very. Are we still as a society like almost 15 years removed from Janet Jackson? Now we can't even say booby. Which direction are we going on this issue? Adam Levine's got the nips out. Double nips. <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right, so Super Bowl 53, yes, in the books. Um, whether you're happy with how it turned out or not, it's over. Uh, today's show is going to be looking ahead uh, to what else is going on in the league. There are a host of juicy uh, off-season storylines, as there always are uh, when you start to take a more uh, macro look at the league post-Super Bowl. So we're going to go through um, some of them, uh, and we're going to, Wes, Mark and myself are going to talk about the ones we're kind of looking forward to tracking and the ones we wish, if we could, just hit fast forward mm. to the end, to the conclusion. Because you want to know how it turns out just so you can process it as a football you know, analyst uh, specialist. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you need to know what happened. Uh, but if you could just, you know, go blank slate and just there's the result. Some subplots. I'd would argue nice that list that. for me would be longer than the, the, the <laughs> former list. That's true. Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, we'll check in on our Super Bowl sandwich props, uh, say goodbye to some friends at the end, and then uh, uh, before we do any of that, let's take a spin around the league, do some news. This quarterback, I'll tell you how bad he was. I'll tell you how bad he was. He and McVay were worse than Maroon 5, and that took some taking because what I'll say about Maroon 5 when I was sitting there watching them is I wish somebody would have marooned them. Okay, because they were god awful. That's how you do radio. Wes, your thoughts on the New York media? Well, I was going to say we're in lockstep on this particular (laughs) issue because I made the same comparison on our recap show. Absolutely. Look at you. You should replace Mad Dog. Oh, my God. Wes and Francesa would Mm. be 
Awesome. Fran Wessa. <laughs> that is tremendous. All right. Uh, there you go. So that's Mike Francesa, WFAN. Uh, borrowed that from back after this Twitter account, which is fun. Uh, let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, who um, have a no longer have a quarterback controversy. Two bits of quarterback news. We'll start with Carson Wentz, who uh, there was that report a week or so ago in which unnamed players – um, kind of spoke out about how Wentz is a little bit difficult to deal with, that he's not maybe um, the all-American perfect country boy quarterback that he's been portrayed as, and it makes life a little bit more difficult behind the scenes for the Eagles. And Wes, this surprised me because Wentz spoke to a small group of reporters at the Philadelphia practice facility, and uh, this via ESPN um, I know who I am, first of all. I know how I carry myself. I know I'm not perfect. I know I have flaws. So I'm not going to sit here and say it was inaccurate and completely made up. I'm not going to do that. But at the end of the day, I will say our locker room is really close. If there were guys that had issues, in hindsight, I wish we could have just talked about them. But again, I don't know how all, that all happened and everything with that. Uh, Wentz, quote, created friction within the offense. He owns up to some of that. Your thoughts, Wes? Really been trying to get a, a read on this story where it seems like Wentz. It turns out like when he was coming into the league, we all knew he was a very intelligent guy, and most intelligent people are strong-minded. And I think this is what's going on there. He is a strong-minded person who wants to do things his way, and some of the veteran teammates don't think maybe he's earned that that he should do more what the coaches say and not what Carson Wentz says so I think that's the gist of it and it's sort of like a mixture the people complaining are receivers who didn't get the ball because he was locked on to Zach Ertz and seems to me some team leaders who just want Carson Wentz to start paying attention to the coaches more and stop kind of like free versing and doing his own thing in the pocket I think in some cases it's a comparison to the leadership skills of Nick Foles, which they've dealt with now for multiple games in the biggest moments for most of these Eagles players. And Nick Foles, by all accounts, you know, even in his press conferences, every time he speaks, it's like, Nick Foles really is a refreshing character oh. out of, and he is, but it's like, do they speak in that patron? Well, no, but it is just like, it's like, I think, you know, landscape wise, Nick Foles, that's his probably strongest trait and the reason another team will take a chance on him. But where does he get those leadership skills? It comes from failing and overcoming failure and then succeeding. And it's a long process. And Wentz hasn't had a chance to go through all that yet. He's still a young guy. Totally th feel that way. And I think also, I like what he said. I mean, he's, he, if, if anyone were to come and critique me and say, listen, I saw you do this, or I think this about you say, okay, but what the real bad things about me that you don't know are so much worse than what you just <laughs> predicted about me. But, you know, Wentz knows that he's got a ways to go. And I think he's talking to himself, call himself a type A guy. And when you're a type A guy, flaws come with that. It's also the mirror of some of your strengths. So I have no problem. You can look at every quarterback. Marcus Mariota, are we in love with his personality that we see? I'm not, but it's like maybe... You're saying that he has a personality, which would... Right, like if there's an absence of one to me, which I would want more in my quarterback. I, By the way, I like Carson Wentz that he said this. It shows self-awareness. All of us, we all have our flaws and we're, we could rub people the wrong way. Everybody does. And just his role as that QB1, the head of that franchise, <clears throat> not everyone's going to love you all the time. I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. I think it's been a tough year for him. Remember, that guy was the MVP favorite when his knee blew up uh, in December of uh, 2017. I want to see him get back. Nick Foles, of course, uh, is no longer in the Eagles' plans. Um, 
the NFL Network insider Ian Rapport reported Saturday uh, that the Eagles were expected to pick up that 2019 contract option for $20 million. They did, but then Foles had the option to void that and get out of the deal and become a free agent. He did that, so he has to give back the money, hypothetically, that he was given. I don't know if there was ever a transaction. Well, it tells you that he's in a different place than he was a year ago when he was perfectly content to stay with the Eagles and then maybe quarterback the first couple of the games of the season. And it sounds like now he just thinks, I, I know I'm one of the top 20, 25 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I want to lead my own offense. Uh, we will get more into Nick Foles a little bit later. It was $2 million he had to turn over. I like I like the idea of like it, it's in a suitcase, like in Pulp Fiction, <laughs> if you open it up and it's the gold light. Something magical is in there, and there needs to be him and Howie Roseman maybe in that Poconos hideaway that he was banished to temporarily under Chip Kelly. Uh, that's where they have to meet up. But yeah, you don't see a lot of men walking around with uh, briefcases and suitcases Let's bring it anymore. back. So it's not like Big Lebowski wears the dirty laundry, the whites? <laughs> that's the other one. That's right. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, yes, we have finally all of the new head coaches are in place. The Bengals announced Monday that Rams quarterbacks coach Zach Taylor will be their next head coach. Uh, Taylor will finally, finally be the man that succeeds Marvin Lewis, fired in January after 16 seasons. Taylor spent two seasons under Sean McVay. Obviously, uh, Mark benefited from the McVay shine that has uh, really helped so many coaches in this league elevate their standing uh, just by being attached. So here it is, a new beginning for Cincinnati. But will things be any different? Well, I think, I think they'll be very, very different in, in from the way they look to us because you've got a completely different type of coaching staff here. Marvin Lewis had, if anything else, extremely experienced people around him. And I want to see how this goes. Zach Taylor has really only called plays for a brief stint as, when, the, when the Dolphins staff blew up and he was playing an interim coordinator role. And his OC, and he's going to call plays there, but his OC has never called plays. He's the son of Bill Callahan. Brian Callahan has been a QB coach. And, you know, they went out and tried to get Jack Del Rio and Dom Capers to join as the so-called Wade Phillips experienced DC. And both of them essentially turned the role down. Uh, we don't know exactly how that went, but Dom Capers it's, it reported this morning. Are there a lot of defensive coordinator jobs open at this stage? If you turn down a job in early February, there aren't a what lot. What does that say about what's going on in Cincinnati? Well, I've spoken to several Bengals fans over the past week because I'm from there, and there are a few who lives on who live on Tybee, and I would put their reaction to this hire as sort of a mixture between gallows humor and apathy. They're like, wait, we got the guy who just called the plays and or who was in charge of the quarterback in the Super Bowl with three points, one of the worst offensive showings of all time. He's never called plays except at the University of Cincinnati full time. Um, and your, your little stint you said with Miami. So it's sort of like everybody just expects that, OK, Marvin Lewis is finally gone and they waited years for that to happen. And now they bring in this guy nobody's ever heard of. And they just kind of assume that the Bengals missed the boat on this. Guy. It's funny how much the Super Bowl plays into the coaches that come from the Super Bowl, because a year prior you had Frank Reich and you had John Filippo, who was looked like the next big thing. And the Super Bowl had so much to do with that. And Frank Reich probably helped, he probably helped him get that job post what had the meltdown in Indianapolis because of the Super Bowl. And then Zach Taylor by, by, you know, by comparison looks a little bit like a suspicious hire. It's an interesting thought. So why, so you're saying, I mean, you might be suggesting, what if you waited until after the Super Bowl to actually make the decision? You have a couple more weeks worth of data to to base. I mean, to, we're going to talk about someone else who looks great coming out of the Super Bowl. Absolutely. 
One, la- one last note. Uh, this posted on the Bengals' Twitter account. Um, Zach Taylor comes up to Andy Dalton and says, I've been following you since your days at TCU. I've watched a ton of tape on you. Sexy. Get that Dalton tape out. Well, Marvin Lewis is an idiot. Oh, I'm going to miss that. You know, now I feel like now that he's gone, I don't need to sit on that opinion for much longer. Is that, should we retire the drop officially today? Feels like maybe this is the time. I'd be willing to. I think it's got to be timely, and I don't, I'm not sure that he's an idiot doing what he's doing well, he's now. he's probably going to replace, like, Al Riveron or something, so maybe we should keep it in the chamber just in case. But we could put it in temporary retirement. Let's keep it around until we have more information. Uh, yes, someone came out very well from the Super Bowls. Brian Flores, the Patriots defensive coordinator, um, who, along with Bill Belichick, cooked up a killer game plan that shut down the Rams in the Super Bowl. And a day later, what a week for this guy. He's introduced as the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, It was his first season as the de facto D.C. for the Pats. uh, And New England allowed less than 16 points a game in their final six games, including all three playoff games. So it's the opposite. We talked a little bit about this on the Sunday night Super Bowl show. But since my voice stopped working, I don't know if anybody actually understood what I was saying, Uh, but. Last year, Matt Patricia gives up 600 total yards in the Super Bowl, and then the Lions introduce him, and you can imagine uh, behind the scenes, they're like, uh, did we make the right decision? The Dolphins, the totally opposite experience, who now must think that they have the next wizard, Wes, on the sidelines to Coach D. I would say this about the difference between Matt Patricia and Brian Flores. That Matt Patricia... A beard. That is obvious. That's A belly. Yes. He was always the guy. Patricia was like a, the long-term right-hand man to Belichick on defense. And at, that seemed to be the reason why he was placed in this role where yes. he would get interviews. Good call. Brian Flores interviewed with people last after last season and impressed the hell out of them in those interviews. So he was a guy I already talked about as it's a matter of when, not if, this guy's going to get his own team because he is that impressive as a leader of men. And then to go out and do it in the Super Bowl, and I don't care about parceling out the credit between him and Belichick. They did it together, and Belichick's busy during the game. At some point, Flores is calling those plays. I think he's earned it, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, him bringing the wide receivers coach for the Patriots, Chad O'Shea, as the play caller on offense to see how he does as well. DC is also running a ton of meetings during the week and working individually with players in a way that the head coach often isn't. So his fingerprints are all over it. Uh, In other Dolphins news, um, Ryan Tannehill is a figure of mystery uh, in Miami after years as the supposed franchise answer. uh, It is now unclear where he will be in 2019. And it's unlikely potentially to be the Dolphins at Miami's press conference on Monday Uh, Dolphins general manager Chris Greer told reporters that while no decision has been made on Tannehill just yet, the Dolphins will definitely consider selecting a quarterback in this year's draft. How high in the draft is not clear. Uh, Here's what Greer had to say. We haven't gone through the process of getting to learn the guys yet. There are a lot of good prospects we spent some time with at the Senior Bowl and other quarterbacks that weren't there that people were talking about as well. We may get through the process and fall in love with a couple guys. Last year, we liked two guys a lot, and they both had good success this year. Uh, That was believed to be Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. It could be that point where we may say, hey, we feel this is the guy. Um, It certainly sounds like, and we're hearing out there, Wes, that, again, uh, it seems like it happens every year now. It could be as many as four quarterbacks going in the first round. Uh, It seems like the Dolphins are ready to pounce on one of these young QBs. All of the reports out of Miami, including one report from a reporter who – 
has been known to have ties to the Dolphins' owner suggests they fully intend to move on with from Ryan Tannehill because he has a cap number that's over $20 million and they don't think he's worth that right now. There, it's There's uh, Armando Salguero from the Miami Herald who has, you know, he goes out of his way to take care of the Dolphins when they are not up to snuff, and he's... That's the one with the ties to... Yeah, he's, he's, a, I, he's some one of the guys I trust, and he basically wrote a, this piece that I thought was pretty interesting. He thought that the Dolphins were setting the table to, in his words, or, t- do an organic tanking. Not like throw games, but like they are not. They've been big guys in free agency that they're going to go the exact opposite organic route. Organic tanking. That is. Well, that phrase is on my radar. <laughs> well, that's fine. The they, that but they're they're going to dump Tannehill. They're not going to go after Foles. They're not going to go after Teddy Bridgewater. And they're basically, in theory, if it's not this year's draft class, they're trying to get the best quarterback in next year's draft. Organic class. is like lipstick on a pig. Organic tanking? No, that's just tanking, bro. It's called rebuilding. Like if yeah. that's a that's a nice word to use. But if you decide to let go your mod, your you know efficient to okay quarterback, not go get anybody else, and not sign anybody in free agency that could improve the team. There's nothing organic about it. It's just you're deciding to try to go three and thirteen. Don't, don't try to. Sell well, the us only thing I would say though, tanking. I would say more teams. Who said that? More teams should do this because I will never be happier about anything than that 0-16 season that kept the Browns with the locked in at the number one pick in Baker Mayfield. Versus you win two or three stupid games at the end of year and you're taking a defensive tackle while everyone else takes the quarterback. Well, I agree with that, but I, I just the term. Okay. Terms on the right. Would you rather have somebody say organic tanking (laughs) or have Todd Bowles lie to you when you're obviously rebuilding and say we're not rebuilding? I well, we are of different minds on that. I think Todd Bowles was trying to win games. I think uh, ownership and the front office were on a different page than the coach who was trying to save his job. I still believe that. But But they must. They had to tell Brian Flores then if this is the plan, like you're, you're, you're good this year. You're not going to be one and done. One and one and done. And that's the difference between Bowles and Flores. Yeah. Bowles was in the middle of that that whole mess. Flores gets to come in on the ground floor. That's right. a fair fair comparison. All right. Fair breakdown. In other news, the Raiders, what a mess um, in terms of their uh, playing situation. They won't be moving to Vegas until uh, at least 2020. And they have an issue because things have really fallen apart in Oakland at uh, – I always struggle with the name of that state. Oakland, Alameda. Alameda. Alameda County. Yes. Stadium. Anyone that lives in Alameda County, apologies. Anyway, things are going well uh, with the Raiders and that facility. Uh, And one uh, option that popped up where would the Raiders play in 2019 was the home of the San Francisco Giants, that beautiful ballpark now called Oracle Park. That's gross, Wes. Was a packed bell, right? Which wasn't you know, a great name either. What's wrong with Oracle? That sounds sort of... I know, but I hate when stadiums that, especially ones that are well-known, like the yeah. popular stadiums, change their name. And it's like, what the hell is an Oracle Park? Do not besmirch the name Oracle in front of a great soothsayer like Mark <laughs> oh, I, I could just think of a lot worse. I mean, there's a couple that are just like, that doesn't that do not roll off the tongue. Now, say what you will about my beloved New York Yankees, but they have left billions on the table. They're Yankee Stadium. They're not going to change that. These stadium names, what's up with that? Corporations, says man earning paycheck from NFL. Well, Yankees have a little bit more money than some of these other baseball teams, if you want to get into that. That's true. Just a tad. They do very well financially. (laughs) Anyway, so the Niners are not going to be playing, though, at Oracle Park. Uh, Rap Sheet reported um, the Niners who are involved in this mess are not expected to waive their territorial rights for the Raiders. um, And it leads to more 
kind of indecision here. The team will likely play in Oakland at Alameda County or at Levi Stadium where the where the Niners play. Um, so this situation, um, which is really grim up there, uh, there's all the just indecision. and It can't be fun as a Raiders fan or anybody connected to the franchise. Just uncomfortable. I'd say it's going to Levi's Stadium, but I, I still always feel with the Raiders, because if this were happening like in Pittsburgh or Green Bay, where it's like we're leaving, but we're going to hang around Green Bay for the next two years, the Raiders fans feel to me, and it, come up with another, I, they're the one fan base that seems sort of like completely unaffected by this, where they still sell out games, and last year was an absolute abyss and a terrible watch from wire to wire. And I think they're going to they're gonna do the same in Vegas. It's like you go to a sports bar in L.A. and there's more Raiders fans than Rams fans. These are the lost years for the Raiders. I mean, next year is going to be miserable. They have a horrible team, and now they don't even know where they're going to play. This is like, just get us to Las Vegas already. Maybe that's why you sign you know, Gruden to 10-year contract, because it's got to be this all-in mentality. Yeah, maybe. And I, I'm ignorant, but I'm just guessing the reason the Niners would block playing at the Giants facility, but host in their own building is just the revenue that would come from those home games. Just, I guess. Otherwise, why would they block that? It's also a weird look because you were the team that played in Candlestick Park for so long, and now you'd be, you're, you know, Levi's Stadium, we know from that Super Bowl trip, is not exactly like a one stop away from North Beach in San Francisco. No, nice uh, ref. Trying to make up to for the, your lack of Bay Area. Yeah, that was nice. You know, Geography. That shows that you really get the region when you mention North Bay. North Beach. (laughs) Been there a few times. The Falcons are making some moves. Uh, They they made their run to the Super Bowl, ended tragically, uh, could not get back to the big game in the past two years. Now there's changes coming to the roster. Some guys that have been around for a long time. We'll start with cornerback Robert Alford, uh, the 30-year-old defender, is being let go. Mike Garofolo reported um, uh, he was due eight and a half million in 2019. Uh, it saves the the Falcons almost eight million in cap space. Uh, the Falcons, in an era or in a season where so many teams are flush with cash and the salary cap keeps going up, they are in in trouble on the salary cap. They have uh, projected just about 14 million, so they need to free up some space. And to do that, they will also say goodbye to Matt Bryant, the forever kicker. Um, and Brooks Reed, the defensive end pass rusher. Brooks Reed also being let go. Matt Bryant, who is wants to play and, and, and play an 18th season. But after 10 years, the Falcons are saying goodbye to him as well. Uh, that saves almost $3 million against the cap. So the, the Falcons, it looks like, Wes, um, after what was really a disappointing year, they want to make some changes to their roster and they have to get creative because they don't have a lot of money to do it. These are These are the kind of guys that get caught in the analytics movement where it the NFL says we don't pay our middle class. So veterans who are, you know, borderline progress stoppers, which all of these guys are, we can get a young player to approximate their production and pay them a lot less money and that will allow us to go out and buy free agents, make trades, or at least have the um the leeway to do that. One note on Robert Alfred, he's the one who met with us after the Falcons beat the Rams in that playoff game. Right. And he was on the up and up very healthy, a lot of good seasons with the Falcons. And since speaking with us, last year he went out and out of 32 players on the Falcons defense rated by Pro Football Focus was ranked 28th. So my takeaway is for all the players that spoke with us at Super Bowl week, prepare yourself for what might be a down year because I, I would blame us for that. We, we also talked to Robert Woods at the L.A. Coliseum after the divisional playoffs and uh, 
Let's be honest. He didn't have a huge Super Bowl. Just saying. He had the best year of his career. He did. Until. Until. He met us. And then it's from here on out. Uh-oh. We're not allowed to say this. Uh, I don't even know if I should say this, but it's so annoying to me that I'm not I, – I can't keep it inside. A star player in the NFL uh, declined a, a, or got out of a scheduled interview with the Around the NFL podcast at the Super Bowl, citing an overwhelming nature of too many of us and only one of him. Now, did that man – who I, you know, I can't say I respect much anymore. He was, you know – did that individual, that football player, know the curse? If he did, I suddenly give him a lot of credit. Yeah, that's great. Now I can't get mad Because, you at know, him. he actually didn't cancel the interview. He said he didn't want to speak to any of us, but he would speak to someone else who he recognized from television. Right. <laughs> we can't say anything else. We'll leave Are we there. in the clear arc as long as we're not, we don't get too specific? I guess. A, a I don't even star. know who it is, but I have a good guess after the way you described it. <laughs> All right. That's what's happening uh, in the news. Do you have any more of a uh, Francesca? I would love to hear just a little bit more, Mike, on the topic. They, and everybody around me, <laughs> including the women around me who were waiting for the halftime show, said, oh, was that terrible? Nobody liked it. Gladys Knight, big ovation. The girls before them who sang the uh, American the Beautiful, big ovation. Rune 5, keep your shirt on. And keep your day job. That he was. That was. That was terrible. I mean, it is. I mean, that job, was bad. All right, here we go. Um, did you like the halftime show, Erica? What did you think of it? It was okay. I, it, it wasn't Justin Timberlake. My one thing is, it's you know what you you know what Mar- like what Maroon Five is. They gave you exactly what they are. So hire someone right. else to do it. Like, were they different than how Maroon 5 normally is? No, it was the same. I was so it's like they did their job. On Saturday night, I saw Foo Fighters, the direct TV party. They have a ton of respect in the industry. Everybody loves like their brand of rock. They'd be perfect halftime show, but I don't, it just, it, it seems like there's not enough communication. Speaking of Justin Timberlake, Ricky, you came on the throwback podcast that just went live today, Thursday. Oh, yeah. Where we broke down the seminal 2006 album, Future Sex Love Sounds. That's right. Uh, with Bob and myself. So check that out. What was Erica's drink podcasts. of choice in the, in the garage? Nothing, actually. I was doing Sober January. It was the worst oh, yes. mistake I've ever made in my life. Not only <laughs> did she not drink liquor, and I, you know, the old Zeuser had a few vodkas, had a couple pops. Um, I, we got some Fiji water. We got her fancy water. She declined that too. It was almost. He had them all set up on his bar. It looked very pretty. And he was like, look, I got this Fiji water. And I was like, Dan, like your little mini bar looks so cute with these Fiji waters. Like leave them. It was for you though. They're, that's so nice. And I said, if you really want me to drink it, I 100% will drink it. But <laughs> I just figured for the next girl you like lock in the garage, <laughs> she might need Fiji water, you know? By the way, next time you're on the show. Aquafina for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Off-season storylines worth tracking uh, and ones to fast forward. Uh, This is fun. So, uh, Mark, yes, you are a type of man uh, when it comes to the NFL. If you could fast forward a lot of things, you would. Uh, But let's start off with one that you would not, something you like and you're into. I would not fast forward the every year you get that surprise trade that kind of blows people away. And even in our newsroom, sometimes when the 
the people across the room get the first wire transmission and it starts to spread and spread and where we find out what it is and everyone's chattering then there's always the guy who 10 minutes later is like oh my god did you do? it's like you're yeah, an man. idiot bro we all know we're in a newsroom you fool <laughs> i think it's gonna be i had to guess i have this feeling that Derek carr is going to be shipped out of town in a trade because there are even though we consider all these like quarterbacks out there that pe- people can chase after I could see someone buying in a car in a different way than, say, Joe Flacco age-wise and stuff and making a compelling argument in their own organization to wheel and deal with the Raiders, who I still feel like are looking to cut deeper on their roster. Organically? Organically. And then they have the number four pick. You can get one. There are, I think, legitimately three quarterbacks out there that could go high. And if they got, if, if you had Gruden. You a little draft prospect? Well, I think if Gruden fell into one of these, it fell for one of these guys, then I, I don't know, maybe Derek Carr and Gruden got along much better than we realized. Uh, some people, there are recent reports that said that you don't realize how well that they work together. That's fine. That feels very February-ish to me, but uh, we'll find out. Some felt, surprise trade. Felt like he improved throughout the season with John Gruden. And by the end of the season, John Gruden was raving about him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how much of that early season, you know, speculation that he's out of there versus the late season kind of mending of fences. Which yeah. one wins out? The Raiders, just as a uh, reminder, have the fourth overall pick. Uh, Mention that, but it's good to refresh that knowledge for the yeah. The just in case you missed it, uh, they pick fourth overall. Cardinals one, Niners two, Jets three, Raiders four, Bucks five. Um, who in that group needs a quarterback? Nobody before the Raiders. But I do think there is ripe trade-up yes, scenarios going absolutely. on Absolutely. Could see that happening. I think, yeah, uh, to your point, where does Carr end up? That's fun to track. Where does um, – uh, um, where do the uh, potential trades happen in the draft teams that are desperate to move up? That's always fun. Uh, I'll throw one out there because it's another quarterback. Nick Foles is free agency. I am um, – I'm really fascinated to see what kind of market this dude ends up commanding because there are two ends of the spectrum, the way I see it, reading the tea leaves of uh, you know where we're at in free agency coming off 2018. Is he going to be case more Case Keenum or more Kirk Cousins? And a case can be made that he'll probably end up somewhere right in the middle, I think. But would it, would it be crazy because there's so many teams that need a quarterback, teams like the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Redskins, all those types of teams, and then a mystery team that has fallen in love with what they saw from Nick Foles in the playoffs the last two years that could drive up the market. Could Nick Foles end up getting Kirk Cousins money, which is, as we know, I'm kind of blanking on it now. What was it, three years for? It's like $90 million guaranteed. $90 million all guaranteed. I could, call it too much. Could Nick Foles end up commanding something in that realm and what teams are going to go hard for him? I know everyone is connecting him to the Jaguars right now, and that makes a ton of sense, obviously. Uh, but don't be surprised if he ends up going somewhere where not everyone kind of expects and that will be fun to watch. What do you guys think about Foles and his market and who could be the, the leader in the clubhouse? I do think he's going to get closer to Cousins' money than Case Keenum. I think that... What a gamble that would be. He proved it two years in a row. Um, and I think when you hear the way his coaches and teammates speak about him, I no longer think of, a, think of him as a guy who's a product of their system like I did a year ago. I think of him now as a field general, a guy who can go to wherever 
they have talent and win. So I could see him going to like Jacksonville and winning. I mean, Ian Rappaport mentioned last month and he thought it was a very real possibility that the Eagles still go the route of franchising him so they can direct where he goes and working with him too. Because if you lose him in free agency, it sounds like next year's draft, you'd get like about a third round compensatory pick. So you wouldn't want to trade him for anything lower than that. But you could also make sure, and I, there's two NFC East teams which need a quarterback, and you want to keep them out of your division. And I, everyone sort of says, well, why are we assuming Jacksonville? It's hard. There aren't that many teams that need a quarterback. It's not like years past where there are like 10 teams reshuffling under center. It, Jacksonville makes a lot. Filippo's there too. I mean, assuming they have a good relationship. There's just a need there that he would fit. It's funny too, like when you mentioned that, there are less teams that seem to be on the hunt. Just the, the fact for the first time in decades, you kind of take the Jets and Browns out of it, who are always, oh, you could have those teams in there. They're always going to be looking for a quarterback, and then you pepper in five or six others. It's totally It's surreal. a smaller group uh, this year. Um, so we'll see uh, where Nick Falls ends up. I'm looking forward to tracking that. Wes, what are you looking forward to tracking? Well, I was going to say what do the Jaguars do at quarterback, but we already covered that. So I will say headlock watch. How the New York media handles the inevitable clashing between Adam Gase and Greg Williams. One of them's going to have the other in a headlock <laughs> at some point this offseason. Uh, that that is true. Wait, so but you're looking forward to that? I yeah, thought you because, don't like the New York. No, this media one's coverage. delicious. Okay, that is this good. one is delicious, and I I'm I'm waiting for it. Did you hear that? There's already drama. No. Oh, Wes, <laughs> there we already got something cooking. Yes. Greg Williams has a son. I think he was in hard knocks. I think we saw him. He in was hard calling knocks. the plays for the Browns defense yeah. at the end of the year. Blake Williams, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Blake, apparently, uh, when Greg got hired by the Jets, <laughs> uh, he said, I want to bring on my son onto the staff. The Jets hesitated on it because apparently Blake rubbed some people the wrong way. I wonder where he could have learned such a thing. And that led to Greg being like, yo, Come on, bro. Let me put my son on the team. He's my the coach that has the most potential that I've ever has ever been on my staff. And the Jets eventually relented, and they're like, "All right, you could put Blake on the team." But already, this was according to uh, Rich Semini of ESPN. There was a little bit of heat between the Jets and Greg Williams. Uh, And uh, yes, Adam Gase, who apparently doesn't take uh, guff behind the scenes. Uh, Imagine if Blake and Greg start acting up. Greg with three G's. And then Gase, he's got those eyes firing. He's he's all angry. Yes. There could be a steel chair involved. At steel chairs, headlocks. There could be a suplex off the second turn buckle. Oh, uh, I am obviously concerned about the potential for um, the circus coming to town. There's no way as a Jets fan, you're, your head's in the sand if you don't think that this potentially could be risky. But again, as the, the rarest of Jets fans, the optimistic one, I kind of like Gase. The Greg Williams thing, I understand it could be volcanic. And I'm concerned. <laughs> As you should be. Um, all right. How about one we want to fast forward, Mark? Well, for me, the obvious, let me give you two quick ones. Because one okay. is, is anything to do with the Browns overhype. I, I just want to get to September because I would just say it's not, it's an uncomfortable place where they're probably going to get too many primetime games. And to me, they were a team that were eighth in turnover differential positively last year. And I don't see that continuing. And I just think you have to be patient that maybe not everything is suddenly perfect. And we have Tom well, Brady. Speaking specific specifics here, what are you not looking forward to? 
What I'm not looking forward to <laughs> is essentially every time you turn on like the draft coverage, it's like, well, the Browns did a really nice job last year. How are they going to follow up this year? And they've got, obviously, their quarterback for the future. It's too much pretty talk, and I start to get paranoid that something Oh, you're talking wrong. about the Browns. I, I thought you were talking about the Steelers. No, the Browns. Oh, the Browns. Yes, that was my first one. My second one is anything <laughs> to do with the Steelers at all, because we. I cannot believe we are did going Did you hear Steelers at the beginning of this, or am I going crazy? Didn't she I, start by talking about the Steelers? No, no, no never. The Browns. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I apologize. Go ahead, Mike. I mean, it's just another I know. small bit of proof that Dan is not listening to anything I'm saying <laughs> at all. You know, Charlie Brown with the parents talk, it's like, wah, 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 well, wah, wah. well, I excellent. think Dan was fully expecting you to say, I do not want to hear anything about Antonio Brown. I don't want to hear about Le'Veon Bell. That is, that is my other strong feeling because I just, for me, I get the Antonio Brown thing, but it's already excessively tiresome. Because we just we don't need we don't need to know. Figure out what you're going to do and do it. And if it's going to be another team, make it happen. I don't need five weeks of speculation every time anyone talks about it. Bang, it's news. But Le'Veon Bell, the um, the amount of coverage we're going to spend on a player who willingly did not play a snap of football last year, I don't need that at all. Don't need it. I think he's obviously going to get paid a ton of money. People are saying you get Todd Gurley money. I know my Jets are potentially involved. I'm nervous about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, taking a year off and maybe not being quite as explosive as he was the last time we saw him uh, when he was with the Steelers. Is he going to all of a sudden step back in and be the 24-year-old Le'Veon Bell? We remember the Antonio Brown thing. I do disagree with you. He's a little bit unsufferable. Uh, Brown with the, the shenanigans. He's not my favorite player in the league. But one thing that's undeniable, the past six years, six years he's averaged 114 catches. 1,520 yards, 11 TDs every year average over the last six years. And you could you can argue, Wes, that this is the most impactful free agent to hit the market if that ends up happening, whether it's through trade or through free agency, since Peyton Manning. Like, he is that special, and he's still in his prime. So to me, that's that will be exciting to watch because wherever he goes, he transforms the offense. I, I could not, I mean, disagree with that at all. Of course, he would be the number one impact player changing teams it's more my where i get into it is i don't need any of this hamlet routine from the steelers that's that's <laughs> right that's right or you're not like we right. already saw it with big ben right. however many years ago when the, when he was supposedly gone and they were getting rid of him right and then he's right back where he was like you don't need another rooney uh, magazine interview where he no waxes on I, whether they can make it look, work as a family i don't i don't mess with the roonies they are class acts they run a great operation i just don't want to hear about their hamlet thing going on I got you. I like that. The Hamlet thing. Willie Ronick. So, Dan, the first part that I was talking about was the Browns. Yes. And the second part was about the Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I apologize for no, that. No, it's okay. I didn't Just need like, to step on it. No, it's okay. And to your Browns commentary, I get why you would feel that way. Because everyone and their brother is going to pick the Browns to win the AFC North. It's just impossible. It's yeah. unavoidable. And for the first time, Mark, in your fandom in like 20 years, or maybe more, quite frankly, maybe 35 years. Um, they're going to be seen as a favorite in their division, which seems a little crazy, but I get the optimism. How you well, doing, by the way? Uh, Baker Mayfield canceling on us uh, on our NFL.com Super Bowl show. That kind of uh, over everything that happened at the Super Bowl <laughs> at this point. <laughs> we, uh, I think we talked about this, but literally two minutes before uh, we were about to be live with Baker Mayfield, Mayfield we found out he wasn't going to join us. And I saw the light go out in Mark's eyes. Yeah, but the bigger issue, I, I had to examine this. Like, 
my more um, irritant, the bigger irritant there was that I didn't get like that selfie with him that would have like oh, been a huge part of my so Instagram much behind feed. the scenes. You know, I don't the interviews fine. There was even talk to the point where he would be stage left or stage right. How would Mark maneuver with his mic and his ear set right. on to get to Baker? And you had like this is for the first time we got a little bit of like good, you know, real um, talent treatment. I thought at Super Bowl this year, where if we had an issue, there would be like too, too many people like joining the conversation to see how can we help? Like when I came down with a cold, two people came up to me and all of a sudden I had like two vials of medication sent to my hotel. Well, that one girl's like, you must be taking elderberry. <laughs> and I took it. I don't think it she worked. Was no, nice. she, she, she was very nice. She's extremely it, nice. She's also correct. And then, and then with Mark, Mark was like, I hope I get a selfie with Baker. And then like three people surged over and started like drawing up like a blueprint about how we can make it work on the but stage. But they all, you know, one, one thing about that, like you have your ranking of people you work with. Yeah. They all shot up my ranking. Absolutely. Each one, each, with each attempt to help, they're like, they are shooting into my top 10, my top five. They're now at my one, two, three. <laughs> Feels Baby. good to be loved. They've overtaken me, Dan, and Greg. Oh, I mean, the, uh, the, the, you guys really couldn't care less for that happened. They were like, we're going to make this happen. Uh, David Singer was a huge oh, help. Absolutely. What a good guy, David Singer. All right, I want to fast forward uh, Gronk's retirement decision. And uh, it's not just because I don't like the Patriots. It's, it's more that, like, Gronk, let's face it, he, he doesn't know what nine times seven is. But he has a team that is very savvy. They run the Gronk brand like it's a Fortune 500 company. So whatever this decision will be, whether Gronk returns for his age 30 season or not, it will be done with maximum leverage in mind, maximum marketability, uh, whether it's a, a primetime special or, or an appearance on SNL or this or that or a Slim Jim ad campaign. There's going to be a whole circus around it, I think, either way. And it's probably a player's tribune essay. I imagine that will be in the mix. <laughs> some, uh, He's going to write an essay? No, some oh, post-grad intern okay. that's on the Gronk staff will write it, of course. Uh, but one thing I do know also is that whatever it happens, whether he retires and fr frees up cap space uh, and the Patriots make a move or he stays with the team and his body ends up being as healthy as ever, it's going to work out perfectly for the Patriots. So just tell me what it's going to be, back or not back, and spare me all the... The Hamlet routine. You don't need the procession <laughs> and the, the the ribbons and a lot of Hamlet routines this offseason and every offseason. Uh, any anything else, Wes? You got one? I do. I really racked my brain on what exactly would be the height of like me getting so angry that I throw throw my hat across the room and then send off like an angry message on our text chain. Right. And here it is. <laughs> How are Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur getting along? Uh, Has Matt LaFleur earned Aaron Rodgers' trust. <laughs> and the corollary, is Bruce Arians going to unlock Jameis Winston's talent? Ooh. Like, how is that relationship going? No! When the games start, then we'll know. I don't want to hear any of this. You're not a psychiatrist, you're the reporters. You're not an expert on the relationship. I don't want to hear any of it until September and October. I mean, you would have yes. to kidnap roughly 400 to 500 beat writers and television people to silence that. Those two tedious uh, media war cries. Let's see when the games happen, how the relationship is going. It's every year. There's always some new coordinator slash coach and some quarterback that's never reached his potential. And it becomes very sturdy, the headline. I, I'm thinking back to Chicago a few years ago with Adam Gase and Jay Cutler. You could go through the years. There's always going to be that one subplot. And this year we're we got a couple. Yeah.
Like, you can't possibly know the answer, so why even try to speculate? Um, anybody else? I'm good. I don't need, by the way, I don't need the the Giants' plan of attack with Eli thing either. Right. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. They're not going to go get one of these guys on the market because they're probably going to be around the same as what Eli would give them at this stage. And they're probably not going to take a first-round pick for a quarterback. So they'll probably take a second or third rounder. If Eli bombs, they'll put in the second or third rounder. And when he doesn't quite come around immediately, if he doesn't, they'll organically tank and uh, probably end up with that Clemson kid in 2020. I can totally see it because like the Patriots, everything seems these teams that are in my orbit as a human being, the Patriots and the Giants, these are the teams where things tend to work out. Uh, Watch the Clemson kid be on the Giants in two years. I can see that. I got another one. Yep. All right, Cowboys. We don't need your Hamlet routine (laughs) with Sean Lee like we got with Des Bryant last year. Either cut him or don't. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Sean Lee, the, 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 the writing's on the wall. We know he's not the future. Why don't you set him free? We'll yeah. just do it right now. If you love him, set don't, him free. Oh, we're going to do well, it. We're going to designate him a post-June first. No, just get rid of no, the no, man. No, no. The only positive, Give him his freedom. The only positive is that no matter how <laughs> annoying that got, it could never possibly be more annoying than how the whole Des Bryant thing went down. <laughs> okay, we'll see. No, uh, you it know cannot what I get I worse need? than that. And I feel bad for Des. And he's one of my favorite players in his prime. The the constant does injury updates. Who, who's going to give him a chance to sign? All that. I don't necessarily need that, but no. I do like Des. So that was just a connected. Take Spare me, me the September. Hamlet routine. All right, that's it. Good talk. Uh, let's save the sandwich property property cap until Greg gets back. Uh, let's welcome to the studio here um, a giant of the industry, and I mean that just physically. <laughs> um, Nick Shook. There he is, Ohio State pullover sweatshirt. <laughs> uh, we learned uh, while we were at uh, Super Bowl that Nick had taken a job with his favorite team in the world, the Cleveland Browns, where he'll be a content creator of some kind. He's going to clear it up right now. What exactly he'll do with the Browns, but he's leaving us. We're sad, but also happy for him. Nick Shook, welcome one more time. To the Around the NFL podcast. This is a... At least as an employee here. Yeah. This is the first time I've sat in Greg's chair. Small space he's got over here. <laughs> it's fine. It's perfect for he him. He manages. It's perfect for him. <laughs> Shook, you're you're joining the Browns. You're moving back to Ohio. Uh, congratulations. Uh, what what prompted the decision? Uh, well, uh, as many of you know, I'm, I'm not a full-time employee here. and uh, Yeah, they're not great with that. No, that's, it's kind of a struggle at times. And uh, so, you know, obviously uh, always looking for an opportunity to continue to develop and grow and all those catch, you know, all those buzzwords and catchphrases and everything else. But, you know, sincerely and uh, came across this opening and, you know, kind of pursued it and interviewed and, and was offered the job and happily accepted. Uh, you know, it's it's my my team I grew up rooting for and as you guys know uh through me and Mark's painful segments last year and <laughs> less painful segments this year uh have struggled with for years and um it's a perfect situation I think and a great fit uh it was a staff writer opening I'll be doing I'll be a digital content coordinator which is more than just a staff writer and uh so I'll be getting my hands on a little bit of everything 
but also covering the team on a day-to-day basis, uh, working from inside the facility for the team, for clevelandbrowns.com, uh, doing you know radio, podcasting, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. As well as writing, and, and it'll be uh, a lot of fun. Wes, do you think this settles the debate internally about who is the bigger Browns fan, Shook v. Sessler, yes or no? I, I don't think it settles it because I've read <laughs> Mark's what can be termed literally love letters to his favorite organization, the long forms. And if that isn't evidence of like fanatical psychosis involving loving a psychosis. football team, I mean, it's it's a window open. It's a window into a mind of somebody who truly does obsess and love this team it's organic so nick i mean i know you're working for them but i don't think you've overtaken mark yet that's fine i'll take a second it's a significant (laughs) step though you've taken a major step in that competition if it is one because now like every time you know i try to and i had a few people here and there close to the team that i could attempt to get information from now, I can't do that with Nick, but if like if any time I and that happens, they're just going to assume Nick, you're going to hit him up all the time. Publicly, I would never <laughs> acknowledge that. Here's the question, Shook. Uh, the Browns have that great facility in Berea. Um, I mean, it, it's it is built on an ancient uh, Indian burial ground. So be careful with that. <laughs> you got to wear one of those bone necklaces. You'll, you'll be safe. Uh, but I'm sure they have an incredible uh, gym, as all NFL facilities do. Do you have access to their workout? So here's areas? the thing: uh, they used to, from what I understand, they used to. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. Let's let this ride. <laughs> we don't need to let it ride. We should have recorded this with me in the gym. You hear a lot. Good. You'd hear a lot more. You know, I, <laughs> breathing is important to lifting weights. Uh, <laughs> that guy's doing it wrong. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they. Um, from what I understand, they used to allow their employees to use the same uh, facility, weightlifting facility, as uh, as the team, and decided when they renovated the building in the last few years to build an employee gym, and it's very nice. Uh, Good. I stepped through it when I was on the tour, and it was a big selling point for. You gonna stay yoked? Of course. Imagine Shook um, going into a job interview. I mean. So impressive physically. It's like, are you here for the football side or I you're mean, doing statue.com? I mean, he's built his body into a god <laughs> statue. <laughs> There's no, a- <laughs> go ahead. No, I, no, I was just going to say that we are really happy for you, Nick. And you did amazing work for us um, filling in whenever we uh, needed a hand with extra eyes. And you're so good uh, watching the game and you get the game and you get the offensive line. You love the trench war- warfare, which is not enough people that really are into that stuff. So the Browns are very lucky. And uh, we lost a good one and Shooky. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and the softball. This, this proves the slugger. Browns are getting better at evaluating talent. I was going to say, like, do you know the Pretender song? I went back to Ohio, but my city was gone. It's like a pretty famous song. And, and before this year, that would have been my takeaway. You know, you're going back to Ohio and your city is gone, but it's been resurrected, buddy. You're, yeah. you're getting in at the right time. Yeah, that's what everybody says, right? That's the same two comments everybody makes, which is good, which means, A, your brand is on point. Because everybody mentions the bod, <laughs> and then and then they also say it's it's a perfect time to go work for this team, and and that's the vibe I got when I was there. So I'm very excited. Awesome, uh, Nick. Best of luck. Let's stay in touch. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you at all the big tent pole events. Oh, we'll be in touch. Oh yeah. And uh, also, um, before we go, just the happy trails to, to Cam Molina, who lost. Easy, Shook. You got to breathe in <laughs> in through the nose, out through the mouth. Uh, you, Cam Molina, who is 
been such a great help to us working behind the scenes, helping Erica with all sorts of uh, production uh, duties. He also he made the mistake of stepping to Erica uh, at certain points and, and challenging her authority. And you could read between the lines here. One reason uh, why yeah, he's, he's no longer on. with the company. And now he's buried under a giant stadium. <laughs> exactly. Next to Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Uh, but Cameron Molina, he's a great dude. He did great for work, work with us. He has a better voice than any of us. So he's probably going to end up on this side of the glass eventually, I would guess. Uh, but I hope Cam comes back. Another victim of uh, some of the hiring practices here and the difficulty getting a full-time job. He deserves one who hope Cam comes back because he was a great lift to the show as well. This is like our free agency. We're losing one of our great fill-in sidecast guys, Nick. We're losing Cam. I mean, we're next right. year's Jaguars. We do you know? clear a lot of cap room with <laughs> Shook. Who are we bringing in? You yeah. have a lot of room to spend now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Shook goes off into the sunset, and we will be back with another show on Monday. We're back to three times a week next week, uh, so check us out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, with a Twitter show every week as well. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, Nick Shook, heading to Cleveland. Put him on a mural on a big side of a building. And Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.